0: Hello, you're listening to which moving pictures move us and I'm your host Emma Bolzner for the next few weeks the theme of this podcast will be psychological thrillers since Halloween is approaching I thought it would be fun to not just get spooked out on Halloween but for the whole month there are so many psychological thrillers out there so I've tried to pick ones that are more underrated or have been forgotten over the years. For today, I will be talking about the 1991 film Sleeping with the Enemy, starring Julia Roberts, Patrick Bergen, and Kevin Anderson. And with me virtually is my good friend, Christina. Hello! So for those of you who haven't seen this film, Sleeping with the Enemy focuses on a domestically abused woman named Laura, played by Julia Roberts, who fakes her own death and runs away by changing her identity and appearance in order to get away from her controlling, psychotic husband, Martin, played by Patrick Bergen. However, problems ensue when Martin finds out that she's still alive, and he plans his revenge against her and everyone she loves. So, Christina, what do we think of Sleeping with the Enemy?
1: Um, it was, like, definitely not, like, a really bad movie, but I didn't think it was a really good movie either. It was, like, a solid, okay movie. Like, I'm not... I, I wasn't like really upset about any of it. I can't see myself ever rewatching it though,
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um the first thing that kind of did it for me was uh the music at the very beginning I and it like continues throughout the whole movie, and I found it to be very overplayed. yeah <laughs> uh I wish there could have been a different kind of music, but, like, maybe because it's 30 years old, but, like we said, we've watched movies, like, from the past, and, you know, you can have decent music without it being dated, and this just felt dated instantly.
1: Yeah, and it also, I, it felt like it, like, fell into, like, not that I've seen a lot of psychological thrillers, because, you know, I get scared very easily and I'm a baby, but, like, I felt like
0: it fell into, like, <laughs> stereotypes and tropes, like, very easily. hmm Yeah, and I would have, like, at the beginning, I did find it to start very abruptly. Like, it seemed like it was already um, the middle of the film. And I would have liked to see some flashbacks or some backstory of who the characters were. Um, and just a bit of some development with them.
1: Yeah, I would have been really interested to see more of, like, I guess have a little bit more of a slow burn to to try to get a sense of, like, why um, Laura and Martin, like, got together in the first place. Like, how were all of their years dating before they got married? Like, it seems like, you know, he's only been, like, incredibly abusive, like, during their marriage. So how was he when they were engaged or when they were dating for however long?
0: Yeah, and I found that funny that most people nowadays, and even back in the 90s, people lived with their fiancé or with their boyfriend before they got married. So she should have kind of signaled in on his like abusive tendencies or his like OCD with having the towels being perfectly straight and the cupboards being perfectly organized in a certain way. I mean, she would have been at his house. She would have seen that kind of OCD mentality. So it's funny how... It only came on when they were married. At least that's what it. They told us the audience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. It just like. Do you want to talk about? Sorry. Go ahead. Oh no! I was just gonna say yeah. No, I just felt like we. I I think that like it would have it would have been a nice like and obviously I even like I, I went back and I watched like the original trailer for the movie because I was curious to see how it was pitched. Um, and I just feel like obviously like it is advertised as a psychological thriller like you know what you're getting yourself into but it would have been kind of nice to have a little bit more of a slow burn just like reveal of what their relationship was like now as opposed to when they first met
0: Hmm. like his charming uh, mentality and we see him sometimes talking like to a nurse in the nursing home which we'll talk about later but you know he's very charming towards her and I'm like how would a girl like who's 25 or whatever want to be with some you know 40 year old creep like that and it would have been nice to see how he interacted with people at his work but we never see that because you can't just like physically abuse somebody if they don't do something in your workspace or you know who your colleagues are it would have just i would have liked to see some of that because i they went to some um work party at the very beginning of the film and he keeps his eye on her the entire time, like, she's not allowed to socialize, really, and and then they leave right away, but we never see him interacting with anybody else.
1: Yeah, no, it's, I, yeah, I think it would have been interesting to see him, like, what he is like in, in more peer circles, especially since, like, one of the things you so often hear about um, abusers is that they can be, like, really well liked in general and have like a big circle of friends and just be like very abusive to their partners in private and I think that that would have added like an interesting dimension to it if he was like really popular at work and that were like had a bunch of like work friends
0: yeah or people that um he'd get on his side so when if she if she did want to go to the police or did want to go to one of his friends to say you know he's been abusing me, they could be like, oh, what are you talking about? Martin's so nice, like, why are you making up these lies? But there weren't any other interactions with anybody else except when uh, their next-door neighbor who has a boat um, comes and he offers them to take them sailing and Martin accuses Laura of, you know, making eyes at him and flirting with him when she clearly did not, and then he, like, kicks her in the ribs and horribly abuses her. But it would have been interesting to see some other dynamics with other people and seeing his charm. Definitely. Uh, do you want to talk about Laura as a character first?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I definitely felt bad for her. Like, this poor girl, like, you really, you, and I know that this, like, sort of goes with, like, the psychological thriller, like, genre, but you see so little of her just getting to be happy and enjoy life and even like you know obviously we'll like get into the ending later but like you know even at the end when she is like finally like free of having to worry about martin like she still has to live with that trauma for the rest of her life and like live with that fear like this poor gal
0: I know because she was being basically domestically abused and raped every day and she had no outside life at least they're telling us for three years and I thought at the beginning it was very well done with her motive being so strong as just to get away from her husband and to start a new life and be reconnected with her um, old mother but I found that after she left him and escaped and faked her own death we didn't really know what her next motive was. Like, was there some dream she always wanted to do? Did she always want to have some certain job? What did she want to do in order to start her new life? And and another thing was, where did she get all the money to start a new life?
1: Yeah, that was interesting too, because like we know that she has a job, um, but it's only like a, it's like a part-time job at a library, I think. Um, if I'm not missing. Yeah, but right? then,
0: uh, sorry to interrupt, but... But then that wasn't even her job. She just told him that, and then she'd take swimming lessons.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, so
0: I... So she didn't make any money.
1: Yeah. No, that's... Yeah, I have no clue. I don't know... Yeah, I have no idea. (laughs)
0: And like a guy like that would not let you have a bank account no. or he'd notice right away. If you take money out of his bank account, he'd notice. So I, I did find that I was like, oh, she's just hiding stuff like clothes and a wig. Like, where do you get a wig? <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like no. how do
0: you get this stuff if you're never allowed to leave the house?
1: Yeah, it was interesting to see like how much she had planned ahead for an opportunity like this. Yeah. Um, but it's also sad to think about, you know, how long had she been planning for this, like waiting for the opportune moment.
0: And what a waste of a life when you could be doing other things and you're just always waiting for the perfect time where he won't be watching and you'll be alone for the split second. It just, it sounds exhausting. Yeah. It sounds very exhausting. Um, but I was also wanting to say uh, about her. So she, she runs away. And again, another flaw which I found with the movie was why the heck would she like start changing there? I, I feel like if I were in her situation, I would have just left a bag of like clothes and things on the beach and not go back to the house. I found that really weird. So I was like, why are you going back to the house? You're going to make like water prints all over the floor. And she leaves. When he's just about to come back home after feeling like she's, di- uh, she's died, that was really stressful. And
1: she like, okay, I still, I will never understand why she decided that the best thing to do with her wedding ring was to try to flush it down the toilet, like down the toilet. Like I know that, like, <laughs> just put it somewhere when you get somewhere
0: else. Like just throw it off the
1: bus, yeah. don't
0: put it in your house. Yeah,
1: and it's like, you could make the argument like, oh, you know, this was a high stress situation, you know, she wouldn't think of everything. But like, no, she has very clearly been planning for this for a long time. You think that in all of this time of thinking ahead and planning, she would have thought, hmm, trying to flush my wedding ring down the toilet in the home where me and my abusive husband live, maybe a bad idea. yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, man.
0: Is there uh, something else you want to talk about next with her?
1: Um, well, I mean, like, Julia Roberts was great. She's so good. She's such a good actress.
0: I was gonna wanting to say, uh, I thought she did really well in this suspenseful movie because I've never seen a movie where, with her where she's so upset and crying and really vulnerable. And I feel bad that you know, this came out around the same time as Pretty Woman, and then she was right away typecast as the rom-com girl. And I wish she could have been in more films, and even maybe today, hopefully nowadays, when um, middle-aged women are trying and finally being put into films as leading actresses again, that she'll get another chance of playing a woman that's not like in a romantic comedy. Because she did, she pulled it off, and she could hold herself at such a young age, too, it, as the starring role. Yeah. I think she was the best thing out of this whole movie.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. No, like, she was, like, a really, really great actress. Um, and, yeah, I think it would... Yeah, no, I totally agree. It'd be nice to see her, like, actually get to show off her range as an actress, because she abso- absolutely has range. She just needs to be given more opportunities to do it.
0: Yeah. And she played off feeling isolated very well because you could feel her isolation and that house that looks so beautiful. The mansion they live in right off the beach near Boston, yet it's like a prison to her because she's never allowed to leave the beach. And realistically, if you had an abusive husband like that, he wouldn't have even let her work, hypothetically work at the library. Like he'd just always keep her inside.
1: yeah. No, and it was also sad to... I don't
0: think that would happen.
1: I think it was also sad to see, like, because as you mentioned, like, we, we see that he doesn't really let her socialize with anybody. Like, she also doesn't have any friends. Like, it's not like she has anybody who she can go to for for comfort or, like, support. Like, I'm sure she doesn't tell, you know, anybody. Well, I'm at the library, like, you know, I'm sure nobody would have known about, <laughs> like, her situation. I'm sure she didn't make buddies in her swimming lessons, like...
0: No, because they said, uh, when they asked her about her bruises, she said she did gymnastics, right? Yeah. I was also thinking about this, like, with social media and the internet nowadays, how this doesn't work and how changing your identity is so much harder now because people look at you weirdly if you don't have social media or Facebook. So it's so much harder with everything being online and your name everywhere to even change, just get up and leave and change. And the fact that without any ID, she was still able to rent a house and get a job at a school and stuff like that. I thought, hey, I mean, yes, it was like eight or nine years before the internet, but you need to have some proper ID. Yeah,
1: no, the whole like the whole way that she was, like, so, like, easily able to just, like, totally embody this new identity with, like, no trouble whatsoever was very bizarre, and, like, listen, I know she has a wig, and I know that she, like, is in a different place, (laughs) but she still looks like Julia Roberts, like, if literally anybody ever again in her (laughs) life were to, like, have come from the place where she lived or, like, seen her obituary in the newspaper from where she was from or whatever they would recognize her immediately because it's still julia roberts yeah
0: yeah she didn't change like yes her hair was more frizzy now because he never let her have her hair um go down he always had her have it up but i mean it's still her face Yeah, like
1: i don't know unless she
0: like would cut it completely differently
1: Yeah, I think it was it was a little too easy for her to be able to just like uproot and totally change her identity with absolutely zero issues. And like you said, be able to rent a home and integrate into the workforce with like zero questions asked.
0: Yeah. How long do you think she'd had been gone from Martin when she like gets up and leaves and then he finds her again? How long do you think that was? Oh, sorry. Which part are you talking about? Like, when when he does eventually find her again, how long do you think there's been time in between from her so-called death to uh, him finding her? Because it seemed really fast.
1: Yeah, I think I actually looked this up. Um, Maybe. I thought I'd looked it up because I was also confused about that. Um, Yeah, she finds a job. She changes her identity. Um... I have no clue. You're right. It feels like it happens very quickly. Especially, like, it feels like not only does that happen very quickly. I know we're probably going to talk about this later. But also, like, they, my God, do they, like, rush that relationship with Ben. Unless, like, this has supposedly been, like, months and months. That just feels like it passes really quickly.
0: Wouldn't a girl like that wanna have some time on her own to finally figure out what she wants to do before being, like, another so-called trophy wife.
1: Yeah, no, I really, like, listen, don't get me wrong, Ben's a sweet guy, um, you know, no, like, nothing against Ben. He he does
0: know West Side Story, so that's great. <laughs> he sings the Jets song. He's
1: cultural, <laughs> um, but no, like, yes. I don't know, like, nothing against Ben, like, he seems like a good guy. I just, like, I don't know. I found that it was like pretty like stereotypical Hollywood portrayal of women that like the woman would like escape an abusive relationship and then immediately be like I need another man to tell me what to do with my life, but this time he'll be nice and gentle. And obviously like they did show a little bit of her like being tentative and like hesitant in the relationship, but it still felt very like oh, I'm such a broken woman after my abusive relationship. Please rescue me, kind man.
0: Hmm. yeah and and it, the only like it was realistic when they were making out and she was just feeling a bit uncomfortable because sex for her signifies like a traumatic non-pleasurable experience which it shouldn't be but because martin made it that way for her yeah. and i thought it was realistic how she's just like no i cannot have sex with you mm-hmm. but also like i'm surprised she'd even let another guy into her home right now and he was nice like he wasn't um but then at the same time Maybe Martin was really nice at the beginning, too, but we never get to see that, so that's why I would have liked to see it, because how could you not know somebody was, like, literally gonna beat you up and play mind games with you and be so OCD? How could you not see that?
1: Yeah, no, I, like, yeah, I completely agree. And also, like, I know that this movie was, we've already said this, this was, like, the 80s, right? Or the, this was the late 80s or early 90s? Uh, 1991. 1991. Oh, wait. Like I know that it was 1991, but also like we really got to do people with OCD dirty in this movie, huh? Like oh man, the abuser like, "Oh, you can tell he's abusive because he has obsessive compulsions." Ooh, scary. Like that was that was pretty yucky, not gonna lie.
0: <laughs> yeah. I know, because um, they show it with, like, the towels and the cupboards and the drawers and, you know, playing the same classical music every time he's, like, hunting her. and mm-hmm. And, you know, everything has to be perfect and the same meals every day at the same exact time. And if it's, like, two minutes late, I mean, you can be OCD, but you can also be, like that's just insane craziness. Like, why don't you cook dinner once in a while? But she's basically the 1950s female woman of being barefoot without being pregnant in the kitchen, having meals on the table, and just um, living in her, for her husband. And yeah. even, like, the gifts that he gives her after beating her up is all pleasure for him. Like, it's, like, lingerie and and it's like you just want her to it's like she's his own personal Barbie doll that he just dresses up and then when he wants to he'll have her you know go out with him and have her on around his shoulders but basically other than that she's just used for sex
1: yeah I just I don't know I just think that like they're so like as we were talking about like you know it is like a fairly like a sadly like common narrative for like you know, people to, like, present as, like, really nice and charming and sweet and then, like, turn out to be abusers, like, in their romantic relationships. But also, like, I honestly think that it would have been more impactful if he wasn't so heavily coded as, like, being someone with OCD. Like, if he were, you know shitty towards her for things like, you know, the dinner or because the house wasn't clean. Like I don't know. Just like things that were like more generic and less specifically like this man has OCD. It's a mental illness. He's crazy. Like that that felt a little yucky. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Is there something you want to talk about next? Like do you have anything in mind?
1: Um I just I think that like one of the things that is always well, the main thing that has always turned me off of, like, psychological thrillers or, like, horror movies is too spooky for me. Um, but also, and I remember, like, <laughs> having this discussion with a friend, like, just a few years ago when that movie Split came out, about how, like, you know, one of the reasons that mental illness is, like, so stigmatized in our culture is because of literal decades of horror movies where the villain is, like a person who appears normal on the outside but they're actually mentally ill and so they are crazy and they're gonna kill Mm -hmm. you and like I don't know I just think that Martin um like he would have been a much more compelling like villain character and a more like I hate to say relatable, but maybe, like, more relatable to, like, women who have escaped from abusive relationships if he weren't such a stereotype of, like, the, like, crazy TM, like, OCD, like, psychopathic horror killer and was a little more mm-hmm. just, like, you know... uh I hate to say like a regular guy but you know what I mean if he was he was more like somebody who appeared very much as a normal guy to the outside world but then was like super abusive at home not because he had like you know any type of mental illness such as OCD or you know some or ADHD or anything like that but just because he was like an abusive asshole.
0: (laughs) Yeah because still in 1990s they weren't portraying mental health issues very well it was basically like if you have a mental health issue you are this far along or like you are a killer when most people literally pretty much everybody with ocd do not abuse their wives or husbands and keep them inside like mother gothel and rapunzel like i was getting mother gothel vibes from this guy at least mother gothel had a backstory though you know she wants the long gold hair to stay young but you know i don't know what he's getting yeah, I just wish other... uh, now. Oh, sorry. No, sorry, you first. <laughs> I was just going to say, I wish now, like, there could be a new film that kind of takes this on but does a better job of some backstory and showing what this guy's motive is and then not giving him, like, one, just one mental illness, but making him. Like showing how he actually became psychotic in the first place, because you don't just become that way from OCD.
1: Well, hold on. Have you heard about this? I was, I've been, I've been saving this um, for a good moment in the podcast yeah. to bring it up. Did you hear about um, the rumors that this movie is going to be remade and who's going to direct it? Oh no! Okay, I'd love to hear this. I like did. Some, I did not know. I wanted to do some research. Hey everyone, uh, Christina here. So for some reason, my recording stopped just then, and I had to restart it later on in the podcast recording. I don't know why it did that. I'm really sorry about that. But basically, what I was saying is that I had discovered that it had been rumored in 2019, and I believe more or less confirmed in like February of 2019 that director Nia DaCosta had been signed on. To direct a remake of Sleeping with the Enemy. And she'd said that she wanted to make it a remake for a new generation of fans, or like this generation of fans, which I thought was really interesting. Emma and I talk about it more later, but I just wanted to give context for the remake that we mentioned later on. Sorry again about the recording issue. Our girl Nia DeCosta, if you listen to our Little Woods podcast. You
0: can hear our, like, love for Nia DaCosta and how we were hoping she would do more films as, and not just do superhero films. And look at what's happened. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I wonder who will be in it. So this book was actually based off of a novel. And I don't know how much they did change it in this version, but maybe in the remake, they'll add some more realistic things to it and make it more not, I hope they don't make it gory because I did like that this wasn't gory but make it more, uh, suspenseful. That's why I tend to like some older films.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's really interesting. It'd be interesting to see if he had, like, if his plan had always been to sort of, like, lure a woman in to be able to, like, manipulate her and, like, use her for whatever you wanted later, or if, like the love and the courtship like started out genuine and then he became he got on like a sort of abusive power trip like later on. Especially since like when she quote unquote dies, he definitely seems upset about it. And like I think even in the trailer they're like, Oh, like Martin like can't live without her or whatever there's some line in like the promotional material about like him like feeling like he can't live without her. And so, I don't know, I wonder, like, I I just feel like there could have been a lot more explored, like, in the relationship itself to paint, like, a clearer picture of what Laura was escaping from exactly. Like, we got a very clear picture painted of, like, the horrible, horrible abuse she faced from him, but, like, why did he abuse her? Like, was he more just the stereotypical horror villain who, like, you know, oh, he's you know he's mentally ill he's psychotic he doesn't know how to love um or like was he actually in love with her and thought that this was just like how like men were supposed to like treat women tm like i don't know i'd be interested to like see not that i like want a movie from his perspective i'd just be interested to get like more of his perspective as to like how he actually sees laura and like how what he feels like their relationship is like like i don't know wh- like would he not, when he found out, or when he started to piece together that she was still alive, like, there had to be a part of him that wasn't surprised that she would want to get out of a relationship where he was abusing her every day, right? Or was he genuinely like, why would she ever escape, you know, from this beautiful home?
0: I would like to see a film where, instead of seeing them, like, married, to see the courtship beforehand and how he like kind of like do how do they actually meet in this movie like we don't know did he how did he a guy like martin come across like a beautiful woman like Julia Roberts did he plan where he was going to be did he drive by one day and see her and then every day he would drive by there or go into the same grocery store as she went to or go somewhere and be like oh wow you know we go to the same place or hey look at that you like to go here too and how did they meet I would have really liked to know that because I mean he couldn't have just been not psychotic then you just don't even know what you really are like. And that's why it would have been nice to see him around other people, to see how he'd act in front of them. Obviously, he wouldn't punch them, but like, just see how his social interactions were, besides with her mother, which we can talk about in a little bit later. But, I mean, who is this guy? Like, How does he even get work? How does he even get such a fancy house? What yeah. does he do?
1: Yeah, no, I would be really interested to... Like, again, not that I'm saying I want, like, a Martin prequel movie because I do not, but I'd be interested to see, like, more of him.
0: I'm so tired of those. Yeah, I'm so sick of how right now everyone wants to see, like, evil stuff and they want to see, like, Bates Motel and Norman Bates, like, not just... The Hitchcock version of Psycho, but his beginning and how he became a Psycho. Like, I really don't want to know. He's a horrible person. He killed people. This guy's a horrible person. I don't really want to see his, oh, poor him. He had such a rough childhood. His father abused him. Now I feel bad for him. That's why he's hurting Julia Roberts. Like, I really don't want to see that at all. But I'd like to just see a little bit of why he is doing this in the first place and why he'd even marry anyone. Just live alone.
1: Not gonna lie, a lot of Martin's character reminded me of, um. Oh no, I'm gonna butcher his name if I try to say it. I'm just gonna say it, but like the new Joker movie. Um, oh, Joaquin Phoenix? You know the one I'm talking about. They're like, yes, Joaquin Phoenix, thank you. I always like say his name wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, I haven't like seen that one movie, yet. Like, I haven't seen it either. I've only seen like clips and trailers, but like Martin's character gave me like strong, like, Joaquin Phoenix Joker vibes really like just in like his just in like the way that he like especially in that carnival scene um when he like follows uh <laughs> like or when he sees lauren ben at the carnival and he's like watching them on the ride and like the way his eyes are all like big when he's watching them <laughs> on the ride and i don't know the way he follows her like it gave me like big like joker vibes where because the whole thing about like obviously again haven't seen the movie but like with like um with joaquin Phoenix, Phoenix's Joker, like, in all the promotional material, like, it was very much meant to be, like, a, you know, a Joker backstory, and we were supposed to see why he became, like, as, you know, crazy TM as he did, and I kind of feel like that was, like, I don't know, it just, like, felt like a very similar energy to what, like, we saw with Martin, like, tracking down Laura...
0: Oh, well, maybe maybe Joaquin Phoenix secretly watched this movie and was like, Patrick Bergen, I really like your portrayal. I'm going to use your portrayal of Martin in The Joker.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe... Do you know what everybody needs, you know what everybody needs in their modern-day Joker movie? A, <laughs> uh, a Joker who's modeled after um, uh, an abuser from a Julia Roberts movie. Yeah, Excellent. lovely.
0: <laughs> I did find it funny that julia roberts i mean there isn't a big cast in this movie but i did find it funny that she's the only known actress now like i don't know any of the the men like patrick bergen or kevin anderson or like the old lady i've never heard of them before and i've never seen them in anything else and you know the 1990s had like really big um like movie stars and i'm surprised that they didn't pick some bigger actors uh, working alongside her
1: yeah, well, and it was also interesting, because another thing I found when I was, like, looking at reviews is, like we said, like, it's got, like, decent audience reviews and, like, pretty abysmal critic reviews, but this movie also made a lot of money. Like, this movie did really well at the box office, and I'm, like, I'm honestly kind of surprised. Like,
0: do you know how much it made? It made $175 million. Like, that so is crazy for
1: 1991 was, like, so much less than that yeah their their budget was only like 70 million or something wasn't it or maybe even less
0: i don't think it was a big budget and maybe that's why they didn't have like big actors like tom cruise or um michael j fox or like big people from the 80s because they would have wanted more money and that's maybe why they picked some more unknown actors
1: Spent all their money on Julia Roberts, and they're like, well, that's enough.
0: (laughs) I doubt she even got paid
1: that much, let's be honest.
0: Probably not compared to... They probably still got paid more than her, (laughs) the men in that movie. Yeah, honestly.
1: Oop, true.
0: Um, (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was thinking of um, females like Julia Roberts and how she was one of the first kind of, like, America's sweetheart in kind of our generation like just or like maybe our parents generation and that there weren't really any other women like that there was meg ryan who was like also in lots of romantic comedies but she kind of was her own self with like her frizzy hair and she she uh like when someone says julia roberts you know who she is right away like like you just know who she is and and i don't know if that's as strong with women in our generation like i mean we're still pretty young but you know someone like that where you just know and everybody like grandparents know who she is you know young kids know who she is cuz she's in like mirror mirror and, and she's really been able to um like she has been typecast in those romantic films but she's been able to be diverse and for each generation and i just i don't feel like there's any woman in our generation right now that is that has that power
1: yeah that's a yeah that's a good point cuz i like i was trying to think of like female actors as you were, um, as we were saying that, and, like, I feel like there's a lot of really well-known female actors right now who are, like, known for, like, their, like, very niche genres and for, like, very niche audiences. Like, um, Shoshi Ronan is, like, very well-known, but she kind of always plays, like, the same character in the same type of movies, which, like, is no offense to her because I adore her, but, you know, or, like, I don't know, everybody seems to love, like, Zendaya, and Zendaya's kind of always in the same type of roles in the same type of movies. Emma Watson. Oh, yeah, no, that is her real name. Oh, my God, for a second I was about to be like, wait, is that her character? Nope, that's her real name. Um, (laughs) Like, all of the Emmas, the, oh, my God, why can't I remember? Yeah, Emma
0: Watson is a good example. Yeah. Like, and also there's Julia Roberts' niece, Emma Roberts, who is, like, A couple years older than us, and she was, like, really popular when we were little, but then at the same time she did Scream Queens, which I never watched because it's a horror show, and then she's just kind of not done much now either, and she was a good actress, like a good child star, I loved her in Nancy Drew and Aquamarine. But now you don't really hear from her anymore. And, like, I don't know about her personal life. Or maybe she just made a lot of money on those kids' shows and doesn't want to do it anymore. Maybe she's just hanging out with her aunt. Like, I really don't know. But it would be nice to see. Like, yeah, Zendaya is very popular. But I don't think she has that same appeal as, like, Julia Roberts, you know, did. Hold
1: on. I'm sorry. I never knew that Emma Roberts was related to Julia Roberts.
0: (laughs) Oh, you you didn't know that? that. (laughs) oh my god yeah that's her niece or that's her aunt Julie Roberts her aunt I had no idea (laughs) (laughs) did you watch your movies growing up I I really liked them
1: I watched like aquamarine
0: (laughs) yeah I I also loved hotel for dogs
1: oh yeah no Emma Roberts is one of those people who like Once, like, people start listing movies that she's been in, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen that. But if you were like, Mm -hmm. tell me an Emma Roberts movie, I'd be like, uh...
0: (laughs) Yeah, see, she's only kind of known... She didn't transition well after being a child into the adult acting role, which is too bad because she was really good and she didn't get messed up into drugs and stuff like a lot of the other Disney Channel. Well, she wasn't a Disney Channel actress, and maybe that's why she... um, did okay because she wasn't in that culture but it would be nice to see her in more roles now and hopefully not always being compared to her aunt because I know that happened to her a lot when she was a child but back to Saoirse Ronan I was gonna say um Saoirse Ronan she is definitely one of my favorite actresses and people are already saying like she's gonna be you know, the next popular Kate Winslet, which I don't really like when people compare other actors because Kate Winslet is still an actress, like, and she is one of my favorite actresses as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's still around. She's only, like, 45, guys. Like, she's going to be in acting in many more films. But, you know, at at this time of 1991, you know, there weren't any Kate Winslets, and there weren't, um, you know, any, any big, like, um movie stars like her you know in blockbusters so I found it funny that they they did choose Julia Roberts after being in Pretty Woman unless she had filmed it before she was cast in Pretty Woman because I feel like even back then people really only knew her for romantic comedies so I found that that it was interesting if there had been a different casting choice or something like that
1: yeah yeah yeah, no, the more I think about it, the more I agree. Like, there are a lot of, like, fantastic female actors these days, but a lot of them either get typecast or, are like, really popular within, like, specific, like, um, demographics of audiences, but not really, like, you know, the whole range of demographic mm-hmm. of audiences. That's interesting. I've never thought about that before. Yeah, because...
0: I don't think Sandra Bullock would have worked in this role. I think she's very... um, I find her movies, she's always very calm and collected and almost a bit emotionless, whereas I liked that Julia Roberts added more emotion because if you're going to be in a traumatic situation like that for three years of your life, you can't just be, like, all calm and collected about it. So I'm glad they didn't put someone like that in it.
1: Yeah, and it also... I think that, you know... Like, for the issues that I had with Martin and his portrayal, I think that um, I liked that they had Julia Roberts, like, clearly, like, show that her character had been, like, affected by this very traumatic experience without having her fall too much into the stereotype of, like, the broken woman, like, or the, you know, the hapless, like, Mm -hmm. emotional female who's just, like, crying and distraught all the time. Like, you could tell that she had, like, been through like genuine trauma that she was trying to work through without being stereotyped as like the weak woman or the broken woman if you know what I mean
0: Mm -hmm. no yeah I totally agree because it would be unrealistic to show her as like not being affected by it at all but then it would not be good if they just show her because then everyone will think okay well when you're in this situation where you've been constantly raped that you'll never like you will be traumatized for the rest of your life but that you never really want to live anymore and if she really was that um broken from it she would have just drowned herself yeah and not have even escaped in the first place and that's what a lot of women did um when they are in still today even when they are in domestic abuse uh situations they tend to to commit suicide and it's just awful but I have been seeing ads on tv and I don't know if you see them or like on youtube where um it's a commercial I it's for the helpline when you uh, because they do show in the the movie where like a woman says to her you know oh why didn't you just call the police and Julie Roberts character Laura says well when I called the police many times they just said I should get a restraining order and she's like how can I get a restraining order for my husband when I live in his house. And it's true. If that's like all the police offers. That's pretty pathetic. And anyway, I've been seeing commercials since the pandemic because I think it's important to talk about domestic abuse issues right now during COVID since so many people are working from home and women, 875,000 women in North America right now have lost their jobs and they are basically just stay-at-home moms now, which is so sad. And this ad shows... Uh, this woman sitting and talking to her friend over Skype or Zoom, and they have a code word when uh, one of them is in trouble. And she was like, "Oh, can I have your brownie recipe or whatever? It could be any yes, I know exactly code word you want with your about. friend." Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like one friend's like, "Oh, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Oh, I'm cooking tonight. You know, I, I'd really love to have that brownie recipe of yours." And the other friend's like, "Okay, I'll send it to you." And then, and then it ends. But, you know, in those days, in 1991, you had no, like, if you were isolated like her, there was no way you could talk to anybody. There was no Skype, there was no Zoom, you know, no, no way of contacting anybody without the internet. And I think that that's important that right now with the pandemic, we should be talking and showing uh, more movies and, and commercials like this because it has not gone away, <laughs> there is like so many abusers out there and especially in in places you know there I mean it's everywhere but in more isolated places like um, Saskatchewan or Manitoba where you are living out on a farm and and there's nobody like no next door neighbors where you can hear them or anything like that it's really scary
1: yeah no definitely and yeah I think I remember like when the pandemic first started a lot of what people were talking about was this idea of like yeah you know obviously all of these regulations are extremely important and very necessary but at the same time like yeah things like abuse and you know be it like domestic abuse from family members or partners those aren't just going to stop because of the pandemic like you know if if this were to be taking place in COVID times Martin wouldn't be like oh, I'm sorry, we're in COVID lockdown now. I can't, like, I can't hit my wife anymore. Like, that, that just wouldn't happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the worst part is that so many women's shelters and so many resorts, for, uh, resorts um, places that women resort to when they are being abused are all closed right now because of the pandemic. So they are basically stuck with their abusers, whether they're, you know, husbands or just brothers or uncles or family members
1: the potential remake that could be happening. And don't get me wrong, I would actually be, like, really, really interested to see, um, especially what, like, some, a director like DaCosta could do with it. Um, but at the same time, I think that it is never going to, like, 100% sit right with me to use, like, a Mm -hmm. story such as, like, domestic domestic abuse as, like, the basis for a horror movie or, like, a psychological thriller movie because at the end of the day, like, the primary function of a psychological thriller movie is it's, you know, it's supposed to... It's supposed to scare you and it's supposed to, like, you know, give you the adrenaline rush of, you know, a scary Mm. movie and it's supposed to be spooky. Um, And I just think that with... With situations like domestic abuse specifically, like showcasing subject matter like that in the media is, like, extremely important, but I think it could definitely be done a lot better in a different genre because I do find that, like, especially towards the end of this movie, like, it falls so much into the the stereotypes of, like, mm-hmm. psychological thriller, like, horror movies that any of the sort of deeper meaning that could have maybe been gleaned from, like, the realities of domestic abuse gets kind of lost...
0: Yeah, because they basically Hollywood's just basically says when he dies, you know, she's free and the domestic abuse is gone. It's like that's going to live on with her forever. And think about the millions of other women that are experiencing domestic abuse at that moment. He spoilers dies in it. Also, like the death scene. Did he really have to like after she shot him twice? Did he really have to like come up? And, like, put his head up and, like, get the gun. Like, okay, if you're shot with those bullets, those bullets are so thick. Like, you will die. (laughs) Like, right away. (laughs) And he would have shot Ben, okay? Like, he wouldn't have just, like, knocked him out. He would have just shot him. Yeah,
1: no, the ending was, like, definitely the the worst part of the movie for me. That was when it felt, like, a little silly and a little tropey, And also just, like, yeah, also, like, don't worry everybody the happy ending is that martin is dead so julia roberts will never be stalked by him again it's like well you know killing your abuser isn't really a realistic option for most women in domestic abuse situations
0: i know because she calls the police and she's like oh there's been an intruder i'm like people are gonna find out that you are the girl that's been dead and now is back to life and you basically just murdered your (laughs) husband
1: Yeah, that's my other question. (laughs) That's not going to look good
0: with the misogynistic and sexist police officers.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, my other question is, like, okay, great. Like, Martin's dead. Like, where do you go from here? Like, is she going to, like, I don't know. How is she going to create this new identity? Like, there's so many questions and things that just, like, don't make sense when you think about it too hard.
0: (laughs) I know. Would you, since you did bring up, like, the remake of it with Nia da Costa, do you want to, like try to think of recasting it and who we'd like as Laura now. I hope that they won't put a Ben character in because I just don't think it's really needed and I'd like to see her do her own thing and not have a man. But do you want to, like, recast the the main two?
1: But I don't know. Because, see, now that I'm thinking about, like, female actors, specifically, like, young female actors today who would, like, fit the bill well, like, I don't know. I mean, like... Oh, okay, here's, like, a weird one. How would you feel okay. about, like, Lily James? Yeah, okay, Sarah? I was thinking of
0: Lily James. <laughs> That's what yes. I was gonna say.
1: <laughs> yes, I love her so much, and she already is really diverse in her acting, and I think that she needs even more opportunities to diversify, like, the types of movies she's been in. So, yeah, no, I, I'm i glad we're on the same page with that one. I think Lily James would be really interesting. Um, man, do I know any, like... 40-ish-year-old male actors? Um, good question. Okay, so don't hate me here. Don't hate me here.
0: But I know they're all very overrated. And before, because I, I feel like you might say the same person I'm thinking, and you've already got Lily James for me. But I know one of the Chrises, Chris Evans. Oh. I mean, he could play it. He did a good job in Knives Out. He could be like, I think they need someone good-looking, because I don't think Martin was good-looking enough um for someone like Julia roberts she would probably be attracted who looks charming and looks plausible as being like a nice guy but then at the same time like can be like a murderer or like abuser and i feel like he did a good job and knives out yeah a really good job
1: yeah, no, I I was not thinking of one of the Chrises, admittedly, but I was thinking along the lines of like having somebody who looks very stereotypically like charming and attractive, like in the role. I was actually thinking of Henry Cavill.
0: Oh yeah.
1: I, like, yeah, he could work not too. Him in a lot, but I think that it would be interesting, especially since like everything that actually. Maybe this isn't true. I don't know a lot of what Henry Cavill's been in. I mainly think of him as Superman. I was going to say basically everything he's been in, he's been a hero. That might not be true, but, like, he is most well-known for playing heroes, so I think it would be interesting to have him, like, in this role.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good point. I was trying to think of somebody... Yeah, so 40-year-old... Oh, that would mean you're, like, born in the early 80s, right? So... Another girl, like, um, I don't think it would work. Someone like Florence Pugh, I I don't see that at all. She's way too strong, kind of. And Saoirse Ronan, I just don't think would do a movie like that now. She's so big. But even someone um, like Constance Wu, I, I could kind of see that.
1: Ooh. Yeah. Or... Um, that would be interesting. Hmm,
0: I'm, I'm really trying to think of... Yeah, because they also need to have good chemistry. Like, um, I don't know, Margot Robbie. Maybe Margot Robbie could do it, but she also is like Ooh. almost. Wi- oh,
1: that. One. Yeah,
0: I don't know, but but then with her and Chris Evans, or like they're both so beautiful, you know, like it, it's almost like too beautiful, like very Hollywood like.
1: Yeah. Do you know what, though? I feel like what might be interesting if you were to cast um, Margot Robbie in it, though, is because she's so well-known for playing Harley Quinn, Mm -hmm. who is, like, very much the stereotypical, like, crazy TM character... I think it would be, like, interesting to see her on the other side of that. Like, to be, like, the quote-unquote normal one mm. who's stuck in this awful situation. Yeah. Like, it would definitely be, like, a big shift from what people know her Yeah, from. that's true. That would be interesting. Or even,
0: uh, like, if we're doing, like, a bit older, because Julie Roberts was pretty young. Someone like Emily Blunt, she could do something like that.
1: Oh, yeah. Emily Blunt's so good. Because she's already been in... She was in, oh, uh, Girl on the Train. I was like, she's been in a thriller before. Yeah, Girl on the Train. Actually, you... And apparently, I never saw that movie because it was too scary, but apparently that movie was good. I read
0: the book. Um, Apparently, if you like the book, which I did, then you shouldn't watch the movie because apparently to people that read the book, the movie's really bad. But, I mean, if you haven't read the book, then maybe it's okay because I I did enjoy the book, um, but it's just one of those books that I wouldn't reread. But I was thinking, hey, if you're going to put Emily Blunt in it, why not her real-life husband, John Krasinski, because he's always been, like, from The Office, seen as this super nice guy, and, like, he is such a nice guy in real life, and it would be interesting to see him kind of... He's basically, like, the younger version of Matt Damon, so it would be interesting to see him in, like, a more antagonizing role. Oh, yeah,
1: that'd be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, John Krasinski would be a really, really good choice. I think, or at the very least, a really interesting choice.
0: Yeah, well, if Nia Dacosta. Yeah, I hope I've,
1: this movie like actually goes through.
0: I know. Okay, so if Nia Dacosta is listening to this, or like Lily James, or any of the people we've mentioned, Chris Evans, you know, maybe get, get on, on it. it. Yeah, let's let's make this movie. Let's make some more Lily James movies. Let's be honest. <laughs> we just want her in it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I really do.
0: (laughs) Well, Christina, do you want to do the final judgment now?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so
0: did sleeping with the enemy move you or not?
1: Um, not really. Like, (laughs) I definitely sympathized a lot with Laura, and I felt really bad for her, so it did move me in that sense, um... But I didn't leave it feeling like it was a movie that I, like, had to tell all my friends about and watch again anytime soon or, like, revisit. And the more I think about it, the more I think about things that I didn't like from Mm -hmm. it. So, yeah, not really.
0: (laughs) I'm, I, yeah, I, I did. It didn't move me in the way I was hoping um like that I know a movie can move me and I've experienced ways where I'm like yes. totally moved and like I can't stop thinking about the movie but there are also times where um I come out of a movie theater and I'm totally moved by a movie and then I rewatch the film and it doesn't do the same thing it, like it doesn't do it justice the first time around and that really disappoints me when that happens but with this one I rooted for Laura, I wanted her to get away from the psycho guy, but because there wasn't any backstory and because I wasn't sure what she was hoping to get out of life once she'd run out, like, if there had been some dream book or something where she'd always wanted to do this thing and she couldn't because she was married to this awful man, like, because it didn't have any of that, it didn't move me. Because I was like, well, wh- what is her plan here? Like, what is she wanting to get out of life now that she's finally free? Like, I was hoping we'd see her more, like, cut loose and, like, be happy with him gone, you know? And and, and she just kind of was very still, um, internally bruised. And I just would have liked to have seen mm-hmm. more of a way of uh, of what she really was wanting to achieve out of life. And just but the flaws like you know number one throwing the ring in the toilet you know when he, and she didn't even properly flush it like hadn't he used that washroom since she had been gone like i don't understand
1: yeah like, right does he like, like no yeah just like,
0: there was just <laughs> like what there was just some stuff that didn't make sense and the money problems and Um, I felt really bad for that poor blind old lady who we didn't talk about at all, but I felt really bad for her when he almost tried to kill her mom. But I just just felt like I was feeling bad for her, and and I was hoping I I wouldn't just feel sympathetic for her, but actually like her as a character, and I didn't really like Laura that much. Like, I just felt bad for her. And you when you really want a good character in movies to yeah. feel sympathy for her and rejoice when they're happy and you just really root for them. And with her, it was just more like, oh, this poor girl. So, yeah. Mm-hmm, definitely. Is there anything left you want to say, or...?
1: Um, I guess just... I mean, thanks for for having me on to talk about a movie that is, like, completely different than anything else we've talked about before. And
0: if they do remake this movie, which I hope, I'm curious if they're going to do it in present day because, like I said before, it's very hard to change your identity now with social media and the internet. So I'm curious of how... And, like, with cell phones, literally with having a cell phone, how they will show this.
1: Yeah, no, I, I... I'm, I'm really curious about, I do hope that it ends up happening because for like the things that I don't like about the original movie, I think it'd be really interesting to see it redone and what could be done with it. Especially since like the only like things that I heard about it when looking it up was it said that like DaCosta wanted to like remake the movie for this generation of fans. Mm-hmm. And I'm like interested to see what she means by that.
0: Yeah. I'm also surprised with like when you say with just this generation of fans, like if this movie really was so big when it came out, why doesn't anybody talk about it anymore? Like that's also very.
1: Yeah, weird. exactly.
0: But and like I'm saying, you know, if you'd like to go out and watch this movie, totally go watch this movie if you'd like. Um, it didn't move us, but you know, hopefully if they do make a remake, it will kind of be better and especially better at showing mental illness and, and, portraying domestic abuse um and how you just don't really go to another man right away after being abused. <laughs> That's basically all I have left to say. <laughs> and I wanna thank you, Christina, for coming back on the show. And I was yeah, it was interesting yeah, so talking much. about something different for a change. And not a movie that like totally took my breath away like last um episodes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I want to thank you all for listening. And again, if Nia Dacosta, if you happen to listen to this, because we love Littlewood so much, we hope that you will make a remake of Sleeping with the Enemy and do a better job with it. Thank you for listening.